strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Hi and welcome to Nostradamus. Nope. <laughs> welcome to Nostradamus. I'm Jen. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Stop laughing. Game faces people. Hi and welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Robin. I'm Jen. <laughs> Just, I'm sorry, you just gotta give me a minute. Okay. I think we just get that in. <laughs> She's Jen. You know, I'm, Je- I'm you Jen. Know, it's Robin and Jen. It's fine. All right. So, my culture, right? It is, it's a lot. It's a lot. A lot of stuff in Maya. But today, what we're gonna talk about is one tiny, tiny section of their entire culture, and it is their human sacrifice performances. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're talking like an entire culture that spans millennia yeah. so when you messaged me that you're doing this topic <laughs> i said uh which fucking part in 30 minutes i don't know maybe section nine maybe <laughs> i'm gonna do section nine a line three mm-hmm. of the human sacrifice bible and go robin so um a quick introduction so uh so death is already an uncomfortable topic to talk about let alone the idea of a human sacrifice from the pre-columbian era human sacrifice is pretty common the maya civilization covered a large area of which included southeastern mexico and northern central america human sacrifice in maya culture was a ritual offering of the nourishment to the gods blood was viewed as a potent source of nourishment from so the maya royalty and the sacrifice of a living creature was a powerful blood offering by extension the sacrifice of a human life was the ultimate offering of blood to the gods and the most important ritual known in human sacrifices. I just know that, like, I know about human sacrifice, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm going to, I don't know anything really about it. So, and then I also get my native Central and South American cultures very screwed up mm-hmm. between Aztec and Maya. Mm-hmm. I certainly get those messed up pretty frequently. I'm sure I'm not alone in that. No, absolutely. So, as I started, you started to tell me about this topic, I think I was getting it mixed up with Aztecs. Aztecs are different than Mayans, yeah. I know. Well, when you, in this case, I mean, when you think about human sacrifice, if you're, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, what, like, in your mind, what you think a human sacrifice is going to be about. Kalima. Kalima. It's actually pretty accurate to that. Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to say that chant together because it is... Something that is actually pretty s- close to being true than what we're Shut used to seeing in Indiana Jones or any other type of social media kind of like commentaries that they have about the human sacrifice and all different types of cultures. More and more, I feel that this podcast is actually us learning about real life Indiana Jones movies. I mean, that is kind of feel like that's where we're going. What I want to, you know, kind of do. But no. <laughs> Generally, only the highest status of prisoner of war was sacrificed because the lower status prisoners of war were used for labor. All right. Human sacrifice among the Maya is evident from at least the classic period, which was from 250 to 900 AD, right through the final stages of the Spanish conquest in the 17th century. Human sacrifice is depicted in classic Maya art as it is mentioned in classic period hieroglyphic texts which have been viewed by archaeologists by analysis of skeletal remains from the classic and post-classic periods. The post-classic periods being from 900 to 1524 AD. Okay, I think I'm with you. There's a lot of AD. Well, I mean, okay, cool. We're living in the Mm -hmm. AD. So there were sacrifices up till 1524. You ready? Yeah. 
So a number, a number of methods were employed by the Maya, right? The most common was heart extraction and decapitation. All right. More forms of sacrifice included the ritual shooting the victim with arrows, throwing them into sinkholes, entombing them alive to accompany a noble person's burial, tying them into a ball for a ritual reenactment of the Mesoamerica ball game, and of course, disembowelment. I'm Mes- sorry. Also, the Mesoamerican ball game was a sport with ritual aspects that was performed around 400, uh, 1400 AD. It, it was baseball, basically. Yeah, but they would tie a person up mm-hmm. in a ball? They would kind of in a fetus and position and tie them up. Throw them about? Throw them, throw them about. You and I have been to Mexico and we saw the ball pit. Yes, right? we've the seen ball, the ball where, pit. Where they the, play the ball games. The hoops were yeah. quite high. They would tie person into a ball in the fetus position time around and toss them about because as but that was as, high that's like too high to throw a person and it's also against a complete solid wall yeah so you're just bang oh lord i mean no not lord gods Ugh. all the gods all the gods i don't like it let's, so let's talk, talk about, about some rituals shall we so the first ritual I'm going to talk about is the heart removal. Kalima. Mm-hmm. Kalima. Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting, if they have kids, what shapes their marriages, if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. And I have no friends, so for me, it's... You know, try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So, during the post-classic period of 900 to 1524 AD, the most common form of human sacrifice with heart was heart extraction. Insert like Kalima tone here do you want me to do it again no no it's fine so (laughs) i can do it all night so it was uh it was influenced by the same method used by the aztecs in the valley of mexico this usually took place in the courtyard of a temple or upon the summit of a pyramid temple the summit is the area of like a platform like the halfway up mm -hmm. okay the victim was stripped and painted blue which was the color represented sacrifice and was made to wear a peat headdress Four blue painted people or attendants that represent four cocks or chocks, however you want to pronounce it. I mean, I'll always want to pronounce it cocks. <laughs> I'm going to say chocks because it is known as the Mayan god of rain. What they did was that they stretched the victim over a convex stone that pushed their chest upward. So it's kind of like they put it behind yeah. their like upper back and yeah. like stretch them down. Mm-hmm. To- and so the reason why they were blue is that it just represented the gods. At oh. this point, it was the god of rain. They have the reasons. I feel like so, there's a weird pop song in this. <laughs> the Blue Man Group? 
or That's like flash dance when she like her head oh, back in the, the rain pulls the rain her. comes down and she's like i'm lifting my chest up god of rain maybe could it be no i mean this is clearly where they got kalima from but that's all right kalima all right sorry so and it, I, I can't imagine how we're not going to do it a hundred times in the next i six mean pages. this entire the heart the heart removal is like, like just that's that's where it is i mean yeah. the guys wearing a headdress your your chest put upward your heart's being removed you have some type of ceremonial painting on your body the only thing that you're missing is you know um, a of fire below you harrison ford in a and a fedora ford and and the little kid that's running around crazy yeah but mostly harrison ford in a fedora oh, i love that man all right so an official referred to as the nakom in landa's relation de las cosas de yucatan Use a sacrificial knife made from flint to cut into the ribs just below the victim's left breast and pulled out the still beating heart. Kalima. <laughs> the Nakom then pressed the heart into the officiating priest, known as Chilan, who then smeared the blood upon the image of the temple's deity, or in this case, the rain god. Right. Deity is like known as like the gods. Right. So they take it out and just like smear it all over, squishing in their hand and... So, I mean, you know, I worked a bit in a morgue, mm-hmm. so I certainly know what orga- human organs feel like. And I have worked I with the ones that are still warm. And it is especially upsetting when they're still warm. I cannot imagine how upsetting it is to touch a heart that is still beating in your hand. Boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. And just smushing against like some type of. I mean, how many beats do you think they get? Or a, a brick wall or wherever it was, we're just like smearing it on. But I mean, like, how many beats do you think it gets outside of a body? Two, three. I mean, because it's electric impulses. How Maybe five. You- I'm gonna say five max. I'm going on record, right here, people. You can email me if you have a problem with it. Go ahead. So, depending on the exact ritual, sometimes four. Chucks would throw the corpse down the pyramid steps from the summit to the courtyard below, where it would be skinned by other priests except for their hands and feet. The Chilon would then remove his ritual attire and dress himself in the skin of the sacrificial victim before performing ritual dance that symbolized the rebirth of life. Hold on. <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. Straight Buffalo Bill, Silence of the Lambs, Wardrobe Falkmer. I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me. Where's my chapstick? Yeah. Like, come on, right? I'm telling you, it's a people suit. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, it is, other than the hands and feet. I mean, how would they fit, right? <laughs> you the You're talking about they get, like, a nice open hole. We're talking about an open-footed pajama, essentially. Well, the foot and One feet size were actually... All. The, the foot and feet. The feet... <laughs> and hands. The feet and hands were actually cut off and just dis- discarded completely. Really? I mean, then with, you're talking about... With an, bone intact and everything. Yeah, but you're talking about, like, an open-footed pajama. Arms mm-hmm. and feet of yeah, like it's a, a feet pajamas without the feet, right? A zip up jammies. Mm-hmm. There's there's a, probably a butt flap too. All right. I mean, well, I went too far. I went too far. <laughs> there's there's an actual butt. It does have a hole. Oh, I don't no. know if it necessarily oh, needs no, the flap. No, no. I feel awful just saying that. I'm so sorry. We're not great. Anyway, if the sacrifice was a nobly courageous warrior. Then the corpse would then be cut into portions and parts would be eaten by other attending warriors and witnesses. The hands and feet were then given to the chillin, who, if they had belonged to a war captive, wore the bones as a trophy. That's where the feet and hand comes in. Okay, so if they're a captive, you wear their bones. If they're a noble warrior of your folk, then they get 
Yep. I get noshed. Do they get cooked at least? I hope so. Parasites, right? I mean, I really don't know. It's no good to eat people. No good. So the next... (laughs) So the next uh, the next ritual we're going to talk about is decapitation. So you uh, sounded real chipper about that decapitation. <laughs> decapitation. It's decapitation. So, <laughs> so important rituals such as the dedication of a major building project or the enthronement of a new ruler required a human sacrifice. Right on. The sacrifice of an enemy king was the most prized offering, and such a sacrifice involved decapitation of the captive ruler and the ritual reenactment of the decapitation of the captive ruler and a ritual reenactment of the decapitation of the Maya maze god by the Maya death gods. So the decapitation of an enemy king may have also been performed as part of of the ritual ball game reenacting the victory of the Maya hero also known as the hero twins over the gods of the underworld. Sacrifice by decapitation is depicted in the classic period Maya art and sometimes took place after the victim was tortured, beaten, scalped, burnt, and disembalmed. Decapitation is depicted on relics and reliefs at the Chichen Itza in two of their ball carts. So they use the heads as balls? Mm-hmm. Seems um, like it'd fall apart a good bit. Well, that's the whole point. The facial bones aren't strong, and the mandible falls right off. I just kind of feel that... And we've been to Chichen Itza. I know. Hot as balls, BTW. It's, it's 110, yeah. feels like 150. <clears throat> Her knuckle skins turned to the side. I did. If you've I ever did. seen a person get so hot <laughs> that their finger skins, the knuckles were on they the turned sides. sides. They turned sideways. I turned and looked at Jen. I'm like, Jen, I was like, I don't, I don't know... If th- I don't know if this is a thing, but my so knuckle... Jen, I know you're a trained nurse, but... My knuckle you, skin is sideways? Does that seem right to you? No, ma'am, it does not. So we skipped the tour and our tour guide. We ran to the front. We had a little moment of our own little, little tourism thing no, going we, on at Chichen Itza, but then we had, we had like nine things of Gatorade. We drank a mess of Gatorade. <laughs> we found our tour bus, and we drank some Coronas with mm-hmm. our bus driver. Yeah, it was and, amazing. and air conditioning. It was great. Live your truth, people. Mm-hmm. Live your truth. Also... Go to Chichen Itza. Don't let that be uh, any... Don't any, let that be a deterrent. Yeah. Don't go in the middle of July, maybe. Maybe. Which yeah. was probably our fatal mistake. Because it was fucking beautiful. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> so I'm done, I'm done with decapitation, right? So, yeah, things happen. People love to get their heads cut off and do I don't some think stuff. they loved their heads not, being not cut people, off. Not but I think people loved cutting heads off. Because they could use them for balls in the ball court. So in this case, like I said, some type of sacrifice by decapitation also included beaten, scalped, burnt, and disembowelled before they were actually. So many forms of torture. Mm -hmm. Like, seems like a bit of overkill. So let's talk about another one. Sure. All right. So let's talk about. What you got, Robin? The arrow sacrifice. All right. Let's talk about the arrows. So some rituals involve the sacrifice of being killed with bows and arrows. Right. The victims were stripped and painted blue. It's all about the blue. Mm-hmm. Were they just really, they, I guess they just really wanted rain? I think because it's such a dry element, they right. they worship the rain god so much that blue represent water. So they're always just kind right. of. And yeah. they said that they were sacrificing to the god of mm-hmm. rain, painted them blue, god of rain. Mm-hmm. 
It was always I mean, blue, and every and every sacrifice is always blue. Where they got this kind of blue paint is beyond my notion. I'm like, sure there are no different idea. botanicals and bugs that can do that. Maybe like, like throughout a berry, history. some type of berry, a berry mixed with the sand and water to make a paste, whatever it was, or but, the shells of a certain kind of beetle. Yeah, exactly. that's been. So they were stripped and painted blue and made to wear a peaked cap. And the cap that they wore was actually similar to the to the to the headdress that they wore in the heart removal sacrifice. So a headdress. The victim was then bound to a stake during a ritual dance, and blood was then drawn from the genitals and smeared onto the image of the preceding deity. A white symbol was then painted over the victim's heart, which served as a target for the archers. Dancers then pass in front of the victim, shooting the arrows in turn at the target until the whole chest was then filled with arrows. The archer is then instructed to not shoot until the second trip and to be careful to make sure that the victim dies slowly. On the third trip around while they danced, the archers were instructed to shoot twice. And that was to kill, to finally kill them. The full chest full of arrows didn't do it. It's supposed to be mantled as a slow death, right? So these people, but these they drew archers like a mark people, over their chest. And they, so but, they gave them a target. They gave them a target, but they also told the people to dance. So they danced around them. They shot them once, right? Dance around them. They shot them again. They dance around them. They're like, don't shoot deadly. Shoot within the target. Don't like. Don't let them die fast. Let them die slowly. And on the third round, they're like, on on your last round, shoot two arrows to get the job done. So it was a slow torture, basically, while people danced around them. And the immortal words of Michelle Tanner. How rude. <laughs> Michelle Tanner. So uh, let's just get into uh, in conclusion, right? So there are late classic graffiti from a structure buried under the area of Tikal. One of the ruins shows a sacrifice bound to a stake with his hands tied behind his head. The victim was also seen to be disemboweled. At the sacred cenote in Chichen Itza, people were hurled into the cenote during times of drought, famine, and disease. The cenote is a natural occurring sinkhole eroded from the local limestone. The one that we were talking about is actually 160 feet wide and is about 66 feet deep. The sides of the cenote are sheer, and human sacrifice was practiced right up to the Spanish conquest of the Yucatan, where after the, the decline of the Maya city, the, the cenote that you and I went into, it was actually open for the public. So it's not one of the ones that they found any type of rituals being I done. I will tell you, though. But that one, guys, the, the cenote we went into in Mexico, it was 120 feet deep and filled with catfish. So dark. The darkest, blackest you water anything. you've ever gotten into. And you cannot I, see the bottom. I jumped off a little ledge that was 30 feet above the cenote. It was, I mean, it's a great life experience. It was but great. But no one warned me what was in the water no below. So there are a lot of different types of um, findings lately, actually. If you go online, you can see that... In some of the cenotes that are not open to the public in Mexico, there are still divers down there and they're trying to find some stuff. And they found bone skeletons, um, full full head skeletons, full skulls, everything. 
And they also found remnants of deer and other animals that could also partake in different sacrifices. So a lot of times they will sacrifice a human and throw them into cenote, but then they also drain an animal for their blood and then throw them afterwards. So the fact that these people found human skeleton along with deer skeleton animals in the same group laid in the same area means they're probably sacrificed at the same time which means it was probably the same it was probably the same ritual that's that's, that's pretty cool did they do those rituals times of really intense drought when they were really trying hard or is it like no just was it like basically convenience like they just happen upon like oh we actually captured this warrior it was never it was never on convenience it was always it was always planned it was always specific and they would never do a sacrifice unless they had the ingredients to do a sacrifice I'm saying, I'm saying, you mean I'm saying yeah, I'm saying ingredients based on gross was at that time of year that they were able to have one. Oh, it just so happens that we have two warriors. Let's use one. Okay. Oh, someone go out there and try to find a fawn and try like whatever. So it just they needed that. They, they needed those supplies in order Don't to say it was a baby deer. Say it was a big old fat old man deer. <laughs> I'm just saying that like a no real what, they, senator style old man deer. I don't want baby deer. They don't like substitute. Baby deer legs. They don't substitute. They say they say pretty tr- like traditional in their ways. All right. But in <laughs> overall, though. These rituals provided hope and security for the Maya culture, and they demonstrated their own outlooks onto death. This is how they grew up. This is how they learned. This is how they worshipped their gods. I never really get down on the cultures that do human sacrifice, because at the end of the day, everyone did what they had to do to get by, right? And this isn't a time when you can just Instagram more or go to, like, Whole Foods and get your fucking vegan (laughs) taco meat. This is sciences in its very infancy. Their understanding of the way the world works is in its infancy, and if they do these sacrifices and they get good results and they feel that the world and their lives are better afterwards, whether it's superstition or not, who are we to say it i mean that was the way they lived their lives and that was their culture yeah and, and the fact that they're actually using, down on it. the fact that they're using their own meat meat that they could have eaten and, and have some type of stability from that they're using about the that. deer or the people i'm talking about the deer at this point because a, a person in this case mayans they were just there was always something there was always some type of ball game that went wrong there was always some type of fight that went wrong and they have all these prisoners the mayas were willing to use some type of animal as well as person during a sacrifice. It kind of seemed to me that they were at that point, they were pretty well established to do that kind of thing. Also, that just meant that depending on the animal, it also meant just as as much to them as the person they were sacrificing in normal and like for the God, you know? I mean, these people, they loved life, but they loved their God more, which is sad because then they just... They just sacrifice all these people and these animals for these rituals. Yeah, but I mean, like, at the end of the day, what were the other options, right? Mm-hmm. The person was probably going to get killed either way. Yeah. They probably only kept these people alive because they could use them as a sacrifice. And so was it intentionally these, wasteful? I, d- I don't think so. All these sacrifices were also done for different things that they needed, too. So there's another aspect, right? Needed to rain. Right, that's what I'm saying. So they asked the, the god of rain, so they sacrificed these people. It's these and incredible these superstitions, animals. right? Yeah. And like just because it's superstitious, if people need it to rain and they sacrifice a human mm-hmm. and then it rains, 
that's positive reinforcement. Absolutely. So culturally, yeah. why would you not yeah. just continue to do yeah. that? Yeah. Now, granted, Absolutely. is there any scientific evidence to say how long it took for it to rain after each thing? I'm sure there's not. You know, was it a week? Was it a day? Was it two days? But in their mind, they haven't done anything since. But so if they haven't, they're like, exactly. Yeah. So the oh, cause, well, we, we did a sacrifice three weeks ago. We haven't done anything for three weeks. Now it's raining. Well, that is that's so the cause of that yeah. rain yeah. was whatever, you know, it's a weird story. Cenotes, Absolute. human oh, sacrifice. Cenotes. Yeah, absolutely. It's hot and weird there. Human sacrifice in a Maya culture, a story that will rip your heart out. Just another notorious narrative. Have a show idea? Send it on over to us along with any questions, comments, or corrections to NotoriousNarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at NotoriousNarratives and Twitter at NotoriousTales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.